Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Mentally yours, from Ellen and Yvette. Uh, focus on your mental health, you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Rugby. So Mads, beer. All things we know nothing about. Yeah, I know nothing about this, sorry. But we know about mental health stuff. We do. And we've got a guy on the show today called Paul Wilson um, who knows about rugby and mental health stuff. So we're chatting to him. But before we get into that, let's hear from last week's episode, which was also brilliant and nothing to do with rugby. It wasn't until later that I really was able to sort of put any kind of logic to it or Mm. sort of understanding that I was actually hallucinating. And it was such a frightening experience that I don't really know how to describe it. So now we're kicking off. Is that, the, is that what you do in rugby? I generally... Or is that football? Oh, God, it might be football, you know. There are balls. There are balls happening. So balls are flying. Everywhere. And the conversation's starting. Yes. Juggling balls. Let's talk rugby. Let's talk balls. So... What made you want to get involved in this project in the first place? The Harlequins Foundation was set up two years ago um, and we signed the mental health charter um, because we wanted to step into a space which no other rugby foundation was doing anything really about. Um, Some had activities, but this is going to be a mainstay of what we do for years to come. Mm. Um, And sort of identified that we as a rugby club had a huge presence in the community. Um, it's known across the world in terms of Harlequins. Um, you go to Australia, wherever they ask what Premiership Rugby team, Harlequins is the one that people can sort of recount. Um, so it's just the case of being able to use the power of the brand, what we have, to actually have a, a meaningful difference. Mm. Um, obviously, the doorstep of Richmond yeah. is in the most deprived area in the world um but it has got a huge issue around mental health especially with young people um so it's just a way of actually being able to directly help with the neighborhood right next to the Twickenham stoop um but also be able to take out to a whole raft of other people 
Mm. For you personally, though, was there a particular drive for wanting to get involved in this? Um, yeah, to, to, a certain, to a certain extent. Um, my wife has suffered out of uh, depression um so a three three plus years it was quite tough um so going through there so it's a little bit of a personal motivator for me but i think it's just something that is obviously as society is becoming a bit more open and starting to talk about it where do you go to actually then for some expertise and where to help and actually be directed and sort of guided in the right way um so we do a lot of work with mind to support our school's delivery um our university delivery so we can actually we can come in do the mental resilience coping strategies etc but where do we go where do we refer young people who need a bit more additional expertise so mind has been a great partnership for us to work with could you tell us a bit more about the actual program itself what do you do um, so the program's called Metal, um, and we go into schools uh, for 10 weeks, so they're an hour session. Each session split up on a different topic, um, whether that's looking at growth mindset versus fixed mindset, uh, how to manage your emotions, which is delivered over two separate sessions, uh, looking at the power of nutrition, um, how your diet affects your mental well-being. The course is very much sort of a 50-50 split between theory in the classroom and then getting them out, getting them active. Um, give them challenges looking at how leadership how the pressure is coming on upon if you're leading a group and if you're not listening to in a group how does that make you feel so really sort of quite basic principles around sort of men- mental wellness rather than sort of actually delving deep within sort of mental ill health uh, but just making kids aware like stress happens to all of us you know but it's not a bad thing all the time you need stress to be able to you know get mo- as part of your motivation you know oh, I've got I've got this to do I've got this will get me out of bed um, but at the same time you don't want to live in a constant life stress position so how do you cope with that or well, lots of kids will play some playstation they might go and play some sport which is fantastic go and draw which is equally brilliant um yeah dance act whatever it is that sort of escape for you know for school kids it is pressures in the classroom exams um it may even be pressures at home um a lot of kids have opened up to the coaches that have come and delivered it um you know too often, your the sir or the miss who's leading that class becomes that authoritative figure, um, whereas we can come in as the coaches and very much on that sort of level of kids and sort of joke around with them, this, that and the other, and the kids feel quite open to sort of say, hey, this is happening at home, which has been really good. So we've referred quite a lot of back, back to the school. We've been able to pick that up. Um, so it's been a really powerful sort of partnerships with schools uh, and then working with the universities as well, which we can we can go mm. on to how have the children responded you've got a whole mix in a, in one class some schools are very stereotypically pretty similar um but then we're working in schools in Hounslow, which obviously got a large Im- immigrant population um and their family dynamics are vastly different uh their experiences are vastly different which is fantastic and uh, adds a bit of variety to the whole thing uh but the kids are brilliant like they they get it quite quickly and they understand what the purpose is they're not you know kids are kids are, kids are far more open than adults you know they haven't got that sort of the scar of life shall we say on it mm-hmm. um, and are quite open to sort of saying oh I relax by stroking my cat um, not afraid to be silly in front of everyone uh, but I think that's very much down to the coach setting the right environment to have these discussions and the feedback's been really, really strong uh, we finished uh, the first cohort for this year with a group of, group of primary schools and the kids feedback has been quite varied quite interesting but 
pretty pretty positive um, in terms of kids wanting the program back in, uh, wanting to make sure that other kids in the primary school have it as well. Mm. Um, we are focused with year fives and year sixes um, in this primary school um, space. Um, simply because of the sort of conversations that we're going to have. You've got to have a little bit of, you know, that cognitive uh, development to be able to have some of these conversations. Um, so, yeah, it's been it's been really, really positive. Teachers love it as well. Um, teaching assistants um, really sort of comment about the specialist kids they've kind of working with, saying there's big, been a big change in the sort of confidence. Um, we create like a space in the wall, a metal space in the wall where kids can just write up things they've learned that lesson, just, yeah, anonymously, just sort of put it out there on a post-it note. Um, so it's been really, really interesting in terms of finding out the change mm. in some of these kids and where they where they start from some kids love the sport and so harlequin's coming in helps massively um and other kids they're not it's not about teaching them how to play the game of rugby it's just get outside be a bit more active um and set them some challenges do you think that mental health should be on the curriculum i think schools should be very much aware of it and i think it comes down to the environment um i think School pressure, I mean, it's so exam-focused. Um, time I was in school, you sort of did one exam at the end of the year, that was it, and I can remember, plus, you know, you got loads of time just to prat around, do art, do this, do that and the other. Um, we've had one school pull the programme halfway through because the kids were behind by, I don't know, whatever points it was in the maths. Oh, my God. And, and you're like, well... We're here, we're trying to create a space where kids can express and say, I'm frustrated with this, I'm stressed with this, and that and the other. And next thing you know, these kids are being sort of told, oh, you're slightly behind. Um, and straight away, that, it's that additional pressure. I think men mental health, uh, I think it's more sort of seeing it through the eyes of mental wellness, having a good environment. Um, like We all like a good working environment. These kids like a good school environment. Um, so I think it's definitely part that should be kids should be made aware um, and I think this is where the metal program sort of fills that space that isn't currently I don't know yeah it's written down it's we as adults we like to say well let's have a specific thing um, and make sure it sort of you know ticks these boxes that and the other but I think with metal it's quite flexible um, conversations and this that and I go wherever it is within a site and um, framework can you give us an example of the kind of exercise that you might do with the class um, so the easiest one and ones that pretty much sends kids almost to sleep um, is like breathing techniques. Um, so just breathe in for three seconds and then just exhale for six. Um, so get the kids really hyped up, get them jumping around, getting them, you know, close your eyes, think of something that's really worrying you. How do you feel? Uh, right, okay, now close your eyes and just start breathing in that sort of a nice relaxed manner. Um, so it's quite interesting to see kids literally jumping around in the classroom up and down or sort of close your eyes think of the next sort of what's worrying you this week um and then get them just to sort of chill out and go, mm -hmm. uh, and go from there um mention the nutrition piece so we talked to them through the sort of benefits the power of food um sort of looking at how the little microbes in your gut interact with your brain eat the right food you develop more more gut biomes um <clears throat> and then 
how you have that balance in life as well so we just don't say to them you must drink this water you must eat this many proteins and fats and blah 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 but we also say to them chill, chill out as well just have a treat every now and then as well um so but then they set a little target for 21 days and try and form a new habit whether that's drink more water um whether that is eat a different carbohydrate from your white pasta to your to your dark pastas um so they get a little bit of a challenge um to take home and try and check try and uh, change change their behaviors um, growth mindset as i mentioned right at the beginning um why not ask some more questions how many questions in a week do you answer do you ask the teacher um so get them more inquisitive rather than just sit there quietly in a chair and just assume that the kid's learning or the kid's getting it so um yeah there's a lot there's a lot that goes on yeah, with the what program what happens after the program to help make sure that kids are still kind of committed to mental health and knowledgeable about that kind of thing so in the back so the kids get a, a workbook um okay. and in the back of that workbook is a lot of uh places where they can go and find out either more about mental health uh if they're concerned they can go and speak to certain charities mm-hmm. um the headspace app um is uh referred to them as well um we try and work um to give these kids somewhere where they can just sort of think I want to find out more about it or if they've got a real concern they can go and speak to that person so they get a takeaway um, mm. and we're looking at how so the sessions is nine, there's nine sessions but it's delivered over ten weeks Okay. so there is that sort of space to, for the coach to come in and say to the school actually which topic do you want to re- either revisit yeah. uh, and do a game, which the schools are really appreciated. Um, and because it is only it's 10 weeks and a term could be 14 weeks, this term, two coaches going back into schools just to almost revisit the whole thing um, because the kids have really taken to it or the schools have actually seen there's a need, need to do it again. Um, in terms of the Harlequins and sportsmen in general, do you think there's still quite an issue in terms of men being open about their mental health issues? Um I think it's definitely changing um, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, the boys, or the players of the first team squad members um, are very sort of open with each other in terms of sort of conversations that sort of friendship group. So the RPA um, last year uh, launched the Lift the Weight campaign. Um, so it's just about raising the awareness again of mental health. Uh, getting, it's okay to talk. Um, so it was a big campaign that went through and uh, I'm sure this year again the RPA will re- revisit it. Um, and you go down and we've speak to the players about what metal is uh, and they're pretty open in terms of saying oh yeah we'd like to get involved uh, for this reason uh, whether it's a particularly personal reason um, or if they just see it as actually a really good good thing to be doing with 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 young people so what makes sport kind of a good access point to mental health versus say art or music or just kind of chatting with people um, I wouldn't say it's any better or any worse than yeah. anything that's, that's there, whether your passion is music um, and that's your release and, you know, whether it is Jay-Z or the nearest upcoming artist that's your sort of role model. But sport is just just another vehicle which can actually really sell a really positive message mm-hmm. um, and really engage with, with young people. So as I said, we deliver to a whole class. Not every single p- kid in that class is going to be either interested in sport and then even more specifically interested in rugby but it's just another vehicle which can sell a really positive message that actually is okay to talk you know some of the kids may have seen the players on tv you know obviously the autumn internationals have just finished so the likes of chris robshaw mike brown who are playing for england and obviously play for harlequins at the same time you know 
they're big big guys physically mm-hmm. um yeah they're heroes on tv um and you see these heroes on tv you, you can get those 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 sort of icons speak to young people and say and actually you know i'm stressed when i when i have to play i've still got you know concerns over my mortgage and this and all those, all those small things um it actually sort of breaks down the barriers and actually allows kids to actually have another medium which sport sport is you know seen on the back page of the papers all the yeah. time um uh yeah and they come across on social media as all these heroes but if you can break that down and actually sell the message through them um about mental health it's it can be really powerful if you have young people who are kind of put off by sport or immediately go like well i don't like sport can they still benefit from this program and how do you kind of get through to them if they're just naturally not very sporty um so we don't get them into their PE kit is the yeah. first thing. So we just literally go in. Um, they're in their school uniform. Um, and the lesson starts off in the classroom and is very theory-based. Uh, and then the outside piece, it's very much just come in and join in. Like, give it a go. Um, it's, not, it's not about raising the heart rate. It's not yeah. about, you know, trying to do as many reps as possible, uh, compete and that team particularly trying to win yeah there is a winning there is a winning focus on some of the some of the tasks they do outside and that's about looking at stress and how do you feel leadership and how you communicate and all this sort of stuff but it's 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 certainly not about going in and saying this is rugby um and everyone's going to play it Um, and no one's going to get kicked out if they're bad yeah exactly exactly (laughs) whereas we're getting along and yeah and play I would not be good at rugby no. at all. <laughs> I know nothing about rugby, but um, how do you support the members of your team who obviously take their jobs very seriously and might be putting some tons and tons of pressure on them? Um, but how do you support them in terms of their mental health? The players uh, get a lot of support. Um, rugby's pretty short in its career span. Um, mm. You know, you're lucky these days if you get 10 plus years out of it. Um, so from a very early time when they first enter into the senior playing squad when you're 18 19 um you're given an awful lot of support to start thinking about and it sounds sounds got bad but the end of your career um so all of what we call our transition group are doing a degree or they're looking at further studying or getting some work experience um and the game has come a long long way from when probably the early early 2000s to sort of 2000 sort of to 2008 where suddenly money came into the game boys thought careers were going to carry on like footballers 15 plus years going to earn loads of cash um and there's a lot of stories out there of uh, of players that haven't really sort of either set themselves up um uh, to look at life post post rugby um so when they're in that little bubble um the club harlequins is a player development officer um his role is to make sure they're supported whether whether that is they need someone to talk to whether that is they need help with their studies whether it is help to get into the the jobs jobs market um and and i go back to the rpa um each player has a local rep um and that rep will support them with yeah, if there are issues that are arising through, I don't know, drugs or alcohol, gambling, um, they know they've got somewhere to go that's confidential um, and they can talk. Um, and a lot of the other players say it's really, really useful. Um, I'm not suggesting that, obviously, for a moment that there's a big issue in the, in the game at all, but mm-hmm. it's that sort of 
yeah, there's definitely a lot of support that, that, that is out there. Um, and obviously, the game's very, very open. Um, obviously, last weekend, we supported Stonewall and the Rainbow Laces. Um, and rugby is unique. It will happily welcome in anybody and everybody, whether you just want to watch the game, play the game, volunteer um, uh, and get involved. Um, and, the, and, the, and the players, 100%, yeah, the club club we filmed a, a stonewall um, campaign uh, with the players all, all of the movie were in the laces um, so it's a very open environment you know you see it on the, see it on tv it looks pretty brutal and it is you know they're running into each other there's a lot of, lot of testo- testosterone flying about um but you take that 80 minutes away and behind that there's a lot of lot of gentle characters um who will talk to each other uh, and will actually offer up their own advice um and have actually seen that actually their career is unfortunately quite short and they need to be looking at what else they can do so take that pressure away um and the club allows you know the boys have quite a bit of time off uh, to go and explore and do different things uh, they get involved in different charities and different interests um so they're not all just Playing a bit of rugby, come home, playing the PlayStation, mm. and, and and doing not much else. They they they're very very busy, um, and mm. they do have quite a good balance between their professional life uh, and the other interests that they may be involved in. Did the alumni as well kind of keep in touch as well? Because that would be kind of helpful in terms of seeing what people are doing after the sport. I'd imagine. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, you got Ugo Monia who retired. Um, a year or two ago, ago, he's always about the place. He's all about, always about the stoop. Uh, international winger, played for the British and Irish Lions. Um, hosts, hosts his own podcast with BBC, um, but he's very much involved. Uh, he'll go down. You know, his best mates are obviously a few of the players, um, <clears throat> but he's always about. Um, we did some work last year with the Jordan Turner Hall, who unfortunately retired early at 27, 28. Um, but he's very much in contact with the playing group at the moment. He's got a job with uh, Hurst Pierpoint College um, and doing really well uh, down there. But Jordan went through, you know, the the, the anguish of having to retire early. Um, he worked really well. With the Harlequins Foundation with the HITS program, working with kids that are unemployed um, through um, to 16 to 19 year old boys and girls who go on a six month program with the foundation through HITS. Um, and he came and volunteered his time on that and spoke really, really well to the, to the kids about making the most of their opportunities because uh, you never know when it may end um, and actually making the most of the opportunities when you got them because you never know where they're going to lead to. Um, so, yeah, Jordan was a great ambassador for that. Um, yeah, and and yeah there's a huge is a huge sort of the rugby world's quite small um so those that retire from the game still very much stay in touch in touch whether it is just once a year turning out to a nice dinner um and and then that type of thing or they're very much involved in touching in with the club and or sharing their ex- uh, their experiences uh, with the younger generation how do you help players to deal with losing games because obviously everyone's going to lose at some point. How do you make sure that the pressure and the competition doesn't you know, actually take up a lot of stress? I mean, with my role not directly involved with the playing department, yeah. um, it's quite difficult to see how they do that on a day-to-day basis. Uh, but I know John Kingston, director of rugby, has a small team of psychologists down there and the coaching team are fantastic in terms of you know, just changing, changing routines up mm. as well. You know, it's all... It's all well and good, sort of doing the same thing. But if you're getting the same result, you got you got to change these things. Um, so, 
you know, they'll have regular breaks. Uh, they change the routines. They go and do some social stuff, just like like you would in a workplace. Yeah. You know, if it's not going if it's not going well, then you you need to look at how you're going to change things. And there's such a big, yeah, there's 50 old players on in the squad, so yeah, they have quite a lot of time to sort of bounce around each other and you know within friendship groups. Um, yeah, and I think yeah, as I said, it's just like a just like a workplace, but just basically on TV yeah. um, and, and and shown on a on a on a bigger scale um which yeah as i said it can be difficult because if someone had a camera right at your desk yeah, <laughs> for 80 minutes and told you told you perform, yeah you'd uh that that can be a bit intense but yeah these guys are, are a different beast in terms of the way they switch it on mm. when they need to um but as i said they're very good at sort of kind of switching off as well yeah um, so just having a life outside of life outside the, the game. game yeah definitely um and as i said uh, the two psychologists down there um do a great job um helping them out and sort of debriefing after wins and losses draws uh injuries um they know that yeah they know how they tick and what's the right buttons to press you mentioned earlier um that your wife suffered from depression yep obviously that's a position that lots of partners have found themselves in um partners friends family supporting somebody who has a mental health condition um what would you say to those other partners? What, what should they do? Uh, I think the biggest thing is not to, which I learned, is you can't just step in and fix. Mm. Um, you want to. It's, yeah, it's the hardest thing, and it, it takes a lot of a lot of courage actually just to step back and listen. Um, you know, a number of times my wife would just say to me, "Oh, just thanks for listening," and you felt. Well, you knew you really hadn't done much apart from just sort of sit there and sort of sort of it may be a 30 second conversation or it may be a you know a couple of hours um but it is that thing where you just have to you just have to listen um uh and just keep encouraging as much as you can but just not over the top um yeah, uh, and unfortunately, with a broken leg, you can see it, you can see it here. And you can go back to the doctors, you have an X-ray, and you know it's you know the, the cast is coming off in two weeks' time. You know that. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, unfortunately, with mental health, it's uh, or a mental illness, is how long is a piece of string? Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it, it does get better. Um, but encouraging. Um, a loved one whoever or a friend whoever it is uh just to make sure they just keep seeking the right advice um keep keep persevering um uh, and just reminding them as well and sort of almost not on a daily basis but when they need to about like how bad was it I don't know, six months ago, six months ago, you were basically bedridden, you were so fatigued and all this sort of stuff. Now you're, we're going, to, going for a walk together, um, you know, or you're going back to, you're going to, back to work in a, in, a, in a month's time, you know, for even one day a week, half a morning, whatever it is, just reminding them um, because, you know, whatever it is, um, you're always so consumed with your day-to-day, you know, whether it's mental illness or if it is your sort of, work targets or if it's you know this whatever it is you're always very consumed with your own little world and normally it's someone else who comes in and reminds you actually look where you were a year ago three years ago to where you are now um uh, and unfortunately there'll be someone out there that yeah, it just happens to happens to a lot of people um and no one no one's immune to it but i think if you if you feel yourself 
sort of that sort of continuing feeling of feeling a bit low and struggling with that bit of motivation and you know just go and talk to someone um, whether it is someone professional whether it is your mum whether it is your husband whether it is your wife whether it is your sister um, just uh, that first thing when you say actually I'm not feeling how I used to um, just go and open up and uh, and go and ask for help um, whether you think it's really serious uh, or, you're, or you're like well, I'm not really sure I think it's just best just to go and just go and ask by any of the issues that we've been chatting about today then please give the Samaritans a ring on 116123 or you can go to their website which is samaritans.org If you enjoyed this week's episode please go to iTunes and give us a review and while you're there feel free to listen to all of our past episodes as well What a good idea, we've got quite a lot up there now Also you can come chat to us on our Facebook group which is Mentally Yours or follow us on Twitter at Mentally Yours your spell Y-R-S. Thanks to Sam Bonham, our producer, and to Lucy Baker for the lovely jingles. See you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.